Welcome to the New Grace Sermon Podcast. New Grace exists so people experience new life in Christ. We invite you to connect with us on social media, at newgrace.cc on Facebook and Instagram. For more information or to support this ministry financially, visit us at newgrace.cc. I want you to go with me to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, and we're going to look at chapter 27. The book of Acts in chapter 27, it'll be on the screen if you need it. The Bible tells us, starting in verse number 20, that Paul is sailing to Rome. He's on his way. He's on board this ship with a bunch of sailors, prisoners, soldiers, and Paul is on this ship, and he has told everybody as this storm arises out in the middle of the ocean, he's told everybody, look, we are going to make it. We're going to make it through this storm. So let's pick up in verse number 20. The Bible says, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us. In other words, there was a big storm on us. All right. He said, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, sirs, you should have listened to me and have not lost from Crete and have gained this harm and loss. He said, if you'd listened to me, we wouldn't be in this position. He told him, look, this isn't how we need to do this. Verse 22, though, and now I exhort you, there's the pastor coming out in Paul, I exhort you, be of good cheer in the middle of a storm. Be of good cheer in the middle of raging winds. Be of can you see Paul looking at all these soldiers, these hardened criminals, and Paul standing on the bow of the ship in the middle of a storm? Be of good cheer. <laughs> kind of like how every pastor looked during a whole shutdown and everything. Be of good cheer. We're going to make it. Be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. And then he says this, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. So Paul says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. So Paul, standing forth in the midst of these guys in this storm, says, I've got a promise from God. And Paul has a confidence that is unshakable. Paul has a confidence that is rooted and grounded in faith because he knows he's got a word. Paul knows that in the middle of the storm, he has received a word from God. How many of you can just go ahead and testify and say there has been times when the storm was raging in your life and you did not know what lied ahead of you, but you had a word. In times where doubt was flooding your home, but you had a word. Sickness might have come in, but you had a word. Listen, it's been few and far between for me. I don't always hear this great big thundering uh, a voice from heaven that says, Jake, I have a word from you. But there have been times in my life in the deepest, lowest place where God's word has spoken, where God's voice has flooded through every storm cloud. His voice has been louder than the thunder. Can I get somebody to go to church with me? His voice has been louder than the thunder, louder than the lightning. His voice can pierce through the darkest of storms. And Paul had a word. Paul had a word. And I can imagine the entire ride 
through this storm. Paul's looking around at everybody, all these sailors and all these prisoners, these shipmen, as the Bible calls them. Paul's looking around saying, hey, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Telling everybody over and over through the storm, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Waves crashing onto the boat. We're going to make it. Lightning flashing, wind blowing sails. We're going to make it. And I can imagine as the storm got worse and worse, I mean, it was so bad they had to give it a name. Like they named the storm, like we named hurricanes. They named it, it got so bad. And I can imagine as the storm gets worse and worse, the sailors probably started to lose confidence in Paul. And Paul's saying, it's gonna be all right. And they're like, no, it's not. And Paul's like, none of you are gonna die. And they're like, I'd rather die. This is bad. And Paul's telling them, look, it's gonna be okay. And I think that just like in Acts 27, It's safe to say that this year has been a storm, to say the least. I think it's safe to go ahead and make public that 2020 has been a storm. And you know something? Everybody keeps on telling you it's going to be okay. Everybody keeps telling you, I've got a word. And that's good because I need to hear that every now and then. Can I get a witness? And everybody keeps saying, this is going to be all right. We're going to make it. And maybe, just maybe, here on the very last Sunday of this wonderful year, you are thinking what they were thinking. Look at verse number 29. The Bible tells us that they were fearing lest it should have fallen upon the rocks They cast four anchors out of the stern, and the Bible says that they wished for the day. They wished for the day. They were just wanting to be done with this storm and finally see the sunrise. They were just wanting to be done with these storm clouds, and they were saying stuff like, can this storm just be over. Can it be daytime yet? Can we just see the sun? I've seen enough clouds. I've seen enough lightning. I've heard enough thunder and I've felt enough wind. I'm ready to see the day. Has anybody felt like that? I'm just ready for this to be done. Here's what they were saying. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Some of y'all traveled for Christmas and you heard that from the back seat. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Or maybe you heard it from the passenger seat, maybe your your spouse. Are we there yet? Can we just get to where we're going? I think we're all asking that same question here on this last Sunday of the year. Are we there yet? Can we just be done? Y'all feel like that little kid right there. Can we just be done with this? Did not know we were going to use that. That's awesome. Can we just be through with this year? Can this just be behind us? Are we there yet? And you know what? I think in times like that, we've all experienced it, whether it's about this year, whether it's about a certain issue you're facing in your life, a trial, a storm, you categorize it how you want to. I think there have been times where we have all felt that way. Are we there yet? And listen, I got good news for you. It's in those times that God starts to teach us things. It's in those times where we're asking God, can we just get there? And he says, we can get there, but first I've got some truths for you. First, 
first, I've got something I want to show you. First, I've got something that you can take to heart and learn because what's coming is bigger and better than what's here. And so I've got to teach you something now that you can take into then. And I want to declare to you this morning that God has been teaching us some stuff this year. God has been teaching us some things while we ask, can we just get there? And God says, I just want to show you some stuff first. And so I believe that just like in Acts 27, they learned some stuff when they were asking, Paul, Mr. Preacher, Mr. I got a word, Mr. I believe God, can we just get there already? And I believe in this chapter, we find some truths that we actually learned this year. Some truths that are going to take us and to propel us into this next year. Is it all right if I give them to you? Number one, look at what the Bible says in verse 30. The Bible says that as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, so they're just losing all hope. Like hope is so much gone that it's so bad that instead of staying in the ship, they're ready to jump ship. It says they were about to flee out of the ship in the middle of the storm. Doesn't seem like the smartest idea, but these guys had it figured out. It says when they had let down the boat into the sea, under colors, they would have cast anchors out of the foreship. In other words, they let down a lifeboat. There's a little lifeboat on this ship, and they let down this lifeboat so that they can get out of this ship and save themselves and think, if I can get in this lifeboat, I'll be in control. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. Paul said to the centurion, verse 31, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. He said, if you stay on board... If you don't stay on board, rather, you're, you're not going to make it through this. And the Bible says in verse 32 that the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat, that little lifeboat, and they let her fall off. First truth we learn is get rid of plan B. If there's anything this year has taught us, if there's anything this story teaches us, it is that we need to get rid of plan B. The Bible says that when faced with this storm, they had a little plan on the side that was going to get them through. They had a little backup plan tied to the side of the ship, and they said, maybe this storm is too bad. Maybe this storm is too big for us. And so the Bible tells us that they go over to this lifeboat, and they think they can make it their own way. They think they can make it this better way. And they think, if I just get in this lifeboat, then I'll be in control and I won't have to worry about everybody else on this ship. And so they go and they try to get in this lifeboat, but Paul says, hey, you ain't going to make it if you do that. And so the soldiers walk over and say, cut that thing off. And they cut it off and let it fall into the ocean. Let me encourage you with something this morning. Whatever plan B is for you, Whatever your backup plan is in the middle of this storm, I want to encourage you to cut it off. Whatever plan B looks like for you, you fill in the blank. Whatever plan B looks like for you, cut it off. Some of us, what we love to do is we've got a backup plan that works for our preferences. We've got a backup plan that works for our agenda that we can keep in our back pocket in case how God makes it work out isn't good for us. In case the course that God takes us on isn't what we had in mind originally. And what we love to do is keep that plan in our back pocket just in case the storm gets too bad. Just in case it gets too out of the banks. Just in case it gets nuts and it gets crazy. Newsflash, we're already there. Just in case it gets nuts and crazy, I've got this plan in my back pocket that I can keep on hand just in case. So whatever your plan B is, cut it off. If your plan B is going back to your old lifestyle in the easy way, 
the way that it used to be. I say the easy way, but the word does tell us that the way of the transgressor is hard. So whatever that backup plan that you think is going to work, I'll just go back to the way it used to be. I'll just go back to those old ways. I'll go back to those old habits that God delivered you from. I'll go back to how it was before that God took you away from. I'll just go back, cut off plan B and stick to the plan. If leaving your spouse is the easy way out, cut off plan B and stick to the plan. Listen, if plan B is giving up on every single goal that God has put in your spirit, I want to tell you, get some tenacity from the Holy Ghost and decide you're going to stick to the plan and cut it off. If plan B is giving up on the calling that God has put inside of you, There's somebody in this room and God has put something in you, a calling, a dream, a vision, a goal, something bigger than you, something better than you, something that God has planned for you, and you're thinking about going and getting in a lifeboat? Come on now, cut it off, cut it off. Look, if plan B is taking the easy way out, don't make many more excuses and cut it off. If plan B, if you're you're like, look, if this all goes like it was last time, I'm not... I might, just, I might just give up on this whole church thing. I might give up on this whole commit your life to Christ thing because this ain't working out like I thought it would. Whatever plan B is, cut it off. Stick to the plan. Somebody say that out loud. Stick to the plan. Somebody say it out loud. Stick to the plan. Elbow somebody next to you and say, stick to the plan. Elbowing's not really social distancing. Say, stick to the plan. Whatever plan B is, get rid of it because God's plan is always better. I said God's plan is always better. And we know, the word tells us, that all things work together for good to them that love God who are the called according to his purpose. Now listen, we did not say that everything is good because everything is not good. But the beauty of God's plan is that everything works together to make something good. Make something good. And if you stick to the plan, listen, his ways... Bible says that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Your own solution, more than likely, is going to be different than God's. The lifeboat, that might be the easy way. That might be the safest way. But let me tell you that God's plan is for you to stay on board. Get rid of plan B. Whatever it is, however it looks, get rid of of plan B. Watch this. Number two, the Bible says in verse number 33, we're going to do a little bit of reading that. Okay. Bible says, and while the day was coming on, finally, Paul besought them to take meat saying this day is the 14th day that you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. He said, look, y'all need to eat because it has been two weeks since you've had a bite Been two weeks. I can't go two hours, much less two weeks. He says, wherefore I pray you take some meat. For this is for your health. For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And verse 36 says, Then they were all of good cheer. And they also took some meat. And they were all in the ship. About 276 is that number. 276 guys. And the Bible says that they had eaten enough that they lightened the ship 
and cast out the wheat into the sea. Number two, if this year taught us anything, it's get used to feeding yourself. Get used to feeding yourself. Paul said, look, it's been a while since you've had anything to eat. And he said, I need you healthy if we're going to make it through this storm. He said, we all need to be healthy and doing all right if we're going to make it to where God wants us to go. Paul told him, he said, stop thinking that you're going to be able to make it through this without feeding yourself. He said, stop thinking that you're going to make it past this 14-day window. He said, it's been long enough. It is time to eat something. And can I just declare in the midst of all of us today that it is time for us to learn how to feed ourselves. You see, what happens is we love... We love to rely on everybody else to feed us. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about spiritually. We love to let everybody else, we love to let that Facebook preacher or, or the pastor down at the church or the, 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 the worship team down at the church or the whoever or your spouse or maybe your kid is the one that feeds you. The roles are reversed. Our spiritual health is what will get us through the storm. Our spiritual health is what will keep us alive. Paul told me, he said, this is for you to be healthy. He said, there's not, you're not going to lose one single hair on your head. Don't tell other pastors that, but don't, don't, you're not going to lose one single hair. I'm sorry, y'all. You're not going to lose one. That's the first thing I thought of when I read this. You're not going to lose, he said, you're not going to lose one single hair hair on your head. You know that hair loss can be a result of malnutrition? He said, you're not going to lose. You ain't going to lose no hair. You're not going to lose no hair. He said, I want you to stay healthy. And let me say something to you. You need to stay healthy if you're going to get through this. And how do we stay healthy? Get some medicine from God's word. Get some food from God's word. He wants to inject some power into your life. He wants to inject some anointing in your life. But it only comes from what he has to say, not what we have, not the solutions we have, not the plans we have. Let God feed you. He says so you can be healthy. God will maintain your spiritual health. He'll do it. He cares for you. He cares for you and will feed you more so than the fowls of the air, the Bible says. And he will feed you with spiritual health. This is for your health. This is for your happiness. God that will feed you and rain down joy upon you. Paul said, take some, be of good cheer. And it says when they had eaten, they got happy. You want some joy that will sustain you through the darkest times? Get in his word. You want some joy that will sustain you through the difficulty of this life? Get in your prayer closet and get alone with God. I want to just say that there is nothing sweeter, nothing better than precious communion with our God. He wants to hear from you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to love on you. He wants to pour out his grace on you, pour out his love on you. He wants to shower you with gifts. He wants to shower you with grace. Our God wants to communicate with his children and you are his children
You are his. You do belong to the king. And if the king has everything that you need, why don't we just crawl up in his lap and worship him? Talk to him. Tell him about all your troubles. Tell him about everything that ails you, child. Tell him about everything that bothers you, child, because our God is listening and he is there for sweet communion and he wants to meet with you. Somebody help me go to church this morning. He wants to meet with you and talk with you and love on you. This is for your health. So you can be happy in the middle of the storm and have that godly joy, not the happiness that life gives and the world gives, but the happiness and peace and joy that only comes from a relationship with God. Feed yourself. Stop thinking. Stop thinking that you'll be able to make it, relying on everybody else to feed you. What would happen? What would happen if this is a sobering thought that hit me? What would happen if we came to church on a Sunday and everybody else had nothing in the well to offer us? Everybody else was running on empty. What would happen if Macron tried to play the drums, but he was on empty? What would happen if pastor got up and he said, I got nothing. What would happen if the worship team wasn't smiling? What would happen if you weren't greeted with a smile and a hug and a handshake when you walked into the door? Well, there you go. Thank you for that testimony, brother. What would happen? What would happen if you went up to somebody to shake their hand and they were just like, nah, bro, I ain't feeling it today. What would happen if you said, I need a word from God, but there was nobody to offer it? Now, listen, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. God speaks in this place and God will pour out his word and he will pour out his spirit and he will bring you a word just when you need it most. And when you're running on empty, that is part of the Christian life. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying you got to be happy, go lucky all the time. Well, God is so good. God on the mountain, praise God. He's God in the valley. You don't have to do that. But what you do have to do is learn to feed yourself. Because if somebody else doesn't have a word, what you got? If somebody else's well is dry, what about yours? There have been plenty of times in my life where I couldn't get nothing from God. You know what I'm saying? I could not hear from him. I could not feel him. I could not sense him in the room. But somebody, maybe on the worship team, maybe one of you, maybe one of our pastors got up with a word. And I'm talking about it wasn't just a reminder. It was a revelation from God. And he spoke and broke through the clouds. And God will feed you. Because you belong to him. You belong to him. And let me say this. If you're in this place and you're like, well, I don't know how to read my Bible. I don't even know how to pray. I'm new at this whole thing. Or maybe you've been in it for a long time and just maybe you've never formulated that habit in your life. I don't know how to read my Bible. Read my Bible. Sounds like gibberish, bro. Read my Bible. Pray. I don't even, I can't even talk to people, much less God. You want me to pray? Let me encourage you with something. This is what I found in my life because I have felt just like that. Let me let you in on a little secret. Still feel like that. Don't know how to read my Bible right. Nobody doing this whole thing right. Don't know how to pray right. I'm still learning every single day. We all are. So here's what I've learned. You make the effort. God will make it enough. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said you make the effort. God will make it enough. You say, God, I'm hungry. 
You say, God, I'm thirsty. God, I'm longing for you. God, I want to meet with you. You make the effort and God will make it enough. You might not feel something. You might not have some great big revelation, but let me say this. You've got a word hid in your heart that you might not sin against God. When you got on your knees and you pray, when you get on your knees and you talk to him, he'll speak. It might not be in the way you think it should, but he'll speak one way or the other. He'll speak through people. He'll speak through his word. He'll speak through circumstances. You watch. He'll do it. But it's only when we decide, I'm going to feed myself. We cannot be so reliant on everybody else that we miss an opportunity to do something for ourselves. God will never do for you what he has given the ability for you to do yourself. And he has given you the ability to feed yourself. Learn about him. I'm so thankful there is more to discover about God each and every single day. There's more depths to his love yet to be found. There's more depths to his grace yet to be discovered. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you make the effort, God will make it enough. Here's how I know. All 276 of these soldiers and these sailors and these prisoners, the Bible says, were filled They were filled. And the Bible says they had eaten enough and were filled in so much that they started throwing the extra out of the boat. And when God fills you after you make the effort, you can take all the excess and throw it out of the boat and help all the other folks around. You can throw it out of the boat. It's not a waste when it's God's word. Not one single word of his will return void. So it might have looked like a waste when they started throwing that junk overboard, but I want to promise you, whatever you throw out, his word will not return void. It's never a waste. It's never a waste. And God wants you to feed yourself, maybe so you can feed somebody else. I've got a cat. Um, Her name is Stella. Okay, and Stella is five years old, I guess, six years old, whatever, and she has developed a routine, right? She's developed a routine, and I used to hate cats growing up. I hated cats. A few years ago, my wife, Courtney, she wanted a cat, so we got a cat, and it wasn't five minutes. I was in love with that little thing. It got up on my shoulder, and it was like, and I was like, just, man, got me. We've had this cat for a little while now, and every single morning, now listen, I'm not a morning person, okay? You can ask. I'm not a morning person. I'm not mean or anything or irritable like that. I'm just out of it. Like, I will wake up and be like, where are we? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's a, I don't know what the deal is, but I, 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 I get like that. And I, I'll stumble out of the bed, and I'll be hitting walls and stuff, walking into furniture, like, until I get to that coffee, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would try to be spiritual and say, as soon as my feet hit the floor, I'm in sweet communion with God. Well, let me get communion with coffee, then we'll talk to Jesus so I don't fall asleep, all right? (laughs) Y'all pray for me. Get out of my bed, my feet hit the floor, no lie. One of two things is happening, okay? I'll wake up, and I'll hear, and I'll lift up, look across the room, and on my dresser, she's just locking eyes with me. Stella, (laughs) the cat, not Courtney, the cat. (laughs) Did that just hit you? (laughs) Stella's on the dresser, (laughs) looking at me, and I start shuffling out of bed. I can't even pick my feet up in the morning. I'm just like shuffling through the house. And the whole time, 
I'm on my way down the hall, hitting the window, through the living room, hitting the table, walking. This little cat is nonstop doing figure eights between my ankles while I'm trying to walk and just rubbing on me because she knows that I will selflessly bypass my coffee. I will go to the cabinet. I will open the cabinet and get a little can of gravy lovers cat food. White feast, turkey feast. What's it called? White fish turkey feast or something like that. Caddy's better than me, man. And it opens and then she starts really going crazy. I mean, starts rubbing on me. And I pour that little food out into the bowl and man, she's just complete silence and all you hear is and she's just eating, going to town. Man, her little tail's shaking. I'm like, God, I fed you like last night. What in the world? And she's just so excited to get that food because she, she don't, she's got to rely on me. She's got to rely on me. She, she lacks the opposable thumbs. She can't open the cabinets, you know. So she, she's got to rely on me to give her everything that she gets. Everything that cat gets comes from one of two places. It's either me or Courtney. And so she's constantly begging. Anytime she wants something, she's, she's got to. I'll wake up and her nose is right here on my nose. And she's looking at me in the eyes. And I got to get up and the whole process repeats itself. And a whole lot of us live like that. We get dry, we get defeated, we get hungry spiritually. We do not have what we need. And a lot of us, unfortunately, we think we do not have the ability to feed ourselves. And so we've got to wait on somebody else to selflessly get up, selflessly find where there's food so we can eat. And Paul said, it's been long enough, guys. It's been two weeks since you had something to eat on this ship. Eat something. It will be enough if you make the effort. Y'all remember the first one? Get rid of plan B, right? What was this last one we said? Get used to feeding yourself. Lastly, I want to go through this verse by verse. Get ready for an arrival that's not ideal. Get ready for an arrival that's not ideal. Because here's what I found. Sometimes the new thing that God does isn't what you thought it would be. Sometimes a new thing that God does isn't what you thought it would be. Let's break this down verse by verse. Verse 39, look at what the Bible says. And when it was day, they knew not the land. Everybody see that? Sometimes where God takes you after a storm isn't always familiar and easy. Maybe 2021 won't be familiar and easy. It says, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore. Isn't it funny how you only discover new things in a place that's unfamiliar? They discovered something that they've never seen before. And here's what we love to do. God, do a new thing in 2021, right? God, do a new thing. Take us into a new season. Take us into a new time. Get us something new. Do a new thing, God. And I believe that God has plenty of new things for all of us. I believe that God has new things for each and every one of us. I believe God wants to do something fresh. I believe God wants to do something new because he's the God of new. He's the God of fresh. And he always wants to do something new for us. Every day you wake up, he's got a new thing. He will do a new thing each and every day. And listen, just because our calendar changes doesn't mean God's all of a sudden going to change. 
Just because our little time that runs our world don't mean that God's got to be constrained to it. He wants to do a new thing yesterday. Guess what? He will do it. He wants to send revival on his church 10 years from now. Guess what? My God will do it because the word says he is of one mind who can turn him. He will never change and he is always performing a new thing. That was a commercial break. Let's look at verse number 40. It says they had taken up the anchors. Uh, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoist up the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore. Watch this. Maybe you need to let go of the controls long enough for the maker of the sea and the master of the wind to take you through and take you where you need to go and ultimately take over. I love that it says they committed themselves to the sea. They threw up the sails and said, God, whatever this sea and this storm has in store, I'm committing myself to it. I'm committing myself to what's in front of me. Let's keep reading. It says in verse 41 that falling into a place where two seas met, falling into a place where two seas met. They ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken, the violence of the waves. The moment they'd all been waiting for, making it to shore, and it's a crash landing. 2021 is here! Oh. <laughs> we finally made it to where we're headed. And the boat's fallen to pieces. And then everybody on the ship wants to kill each other and kill Paul. Everybody starts going crazy at that point. We got to kill this guy. He said we were going to make it. And he said it was going to be all right. And everybody starts losing their minds. And here's the deal. It was not what they pictured when they got on board. But they made it. I said it was not what they had planned when they got on board this ship with Paul to sail to Rome. Mr. I've got a promise from God. Mr. I believe God. Mr. We're going to make it. It was not what they had in mind. But guess what? When it comes down to it, they made it to shore. They might have been floating by faith. But let me say this. They were floating with God. And when you are sinking and you're sinking and you're sinking and you feel like you're not going to make it, I want to tell you something. Like I told you before, God's plan is better than your plan and you don't have to make it the way you thought you were going to make it. But as long as you make it, you've made it. I could never say that again if I tried. So think about where you once were. Think about where you were and where you are now. You made it. Think about where you were five years ago. 10 years ago. Think about where you were this time last year. Think about where you were with God and your relationship with him. You made it. It might not have been part of the plan what happened, but guess what? You made it. Failing and making a mess of things might not have been on your agenda for this year, but guess what? You made it and you are still here. A global pandemic might not have been what you had planned. It wasn't what I had planned, but guess what? You are still here. God still has a plan for you and you made it. Let's just get real for a second. Divorce wasn't part of the plan. Relapse was not part of the plan. Hurt and trouble was not part of the plan. But look around. 
you are here. You are alive. And as long as you are here, you can take courage to know that God is not done with you. And we just need to get ready for an arrival that is not ideal. JJ's going to come help me close. And I just want to encourage you with this. Maybe God, maybe God is done letting you live in familiar and easy. And you're sitting here saying, but I want to make it. You've already made it, y'all. I want to make it through this. You've already made it. You say, I'm just, I'm just floating right now. But you're floating by faith. You say, I, I, I'm on boards. Like they were on broken pieces of the ship. I'm on boards, but you're still on board. And all you may have left is just a piece. But guess what? You've still got peace left. And God is not finished with you. God is not done with you. And so I just want to challenge you this morning with what's ahead, even if it's not ideal. Decide that you're going to go wherever God wants you to go. It says they committed themselves unto the sea. Right now, this morning, decide, I am committed. You hear those words? Did that resonate in you like it did me just now? I am committed to go wherever this storm takes me. I am committed to go wherever 2021 leads. I am committed and I am ready for what's coming. I will follow where it leads and I will follow wherever you lead. 